Welcome back, Red Spotters. We're going to show you the Red Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis, and joined by David Francisco for another edition of our segment series recapping the latest Marvel Disney Plus series. This is Moon Knight, of course, starring Oscar Isaac. Last week, we discussed episode three, and this week, we have episode four, which uh, is quite a doozy, as uh, some people would say. Of course, we discussed the episode um, as it happened in sequence, a whole breakdown of all of the events that occurred. Um, but before, of course, we give our, our special uh, spoiler-free impressions of it. So that's going to be episode number 387. Of course, before we start, I do want to make sure and tease the upcoming Top 10 show of 2021. That is the show where um, Kyle Lira, Peter Martinez, and myself sit down and uh, finally reveal what were our favorite films of the year 2021. I cannot wait. And I cannot wait for everyone else to experience the shock and awe together. Um, there are surprises coming from what I've been told. So uh, that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful show. Um, uh, but before we even get to the episode uh, this week... Um, Evidently, Marvel Studios uh, chose to treat us to a trailer for Thor Love and Thunder, which is opening in theaters this July. Thor Love and Thunder um, also marks the return of Taika Waititi to the Marvel uh, Universe, his first installment being Thor Ragnarok. So, um, yeah. uh, So, David, what did you think of this trailer? Uh, I really liked it. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, I'm excited for Thor. I'm honestly just excited for Taika Waititi to make another movie. <laughs> uh, Absolutely, uh, he's so great. Uh, but mostly, I just I like the trailer because it just seems like it might be an adventure uh, type of uh-huh. movie. Like if they didn't tease this big bad or they didn't tease some world-ending thing. I mean, maybe it'll it'll happen in the movie. I don't know, but. I I just like that we're kind of getting an adventure with Thor and um who's the rock guy? Uh uh Korg? Korg, yeah. It just seems like an adventure. <laughs> mhm. Uh no, it, it actually it was a great teaser trailer. Not so much uh um in and you know, the trailer gave in the way of plot, but a lot of wonderful moments and characters that we got to see return, not the least of which include some of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my, I think my favorite uh, moment in the trailer, which has honestly just like led me to crack up so many times at this point, um, is when uh, Quill is talking to Thor about like you know uh, the people that you love and looking them in the eye, and I love that the camera just slowly pans <laughs> and like you see Thor lovingly looking at Quill, and Quill's like, "Not me," <laughs> and like <laughs> this is. <laughs> That was so like that moment to me. It's like okay, I'm gonna love this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I just it's kind of hard because like Thor Ragnarok was so much fun. I think Taika Waititi's like um, um, ability as a director has only grown since Thor Ragnarok, which if you can believe was in 2017, right? Thor Ragnarok. So we're talking about like what five, six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think five years since 2017, maybe even a little, a little over that. So that's crazy. That we didn't get a Thor movie until like five years after the fact. Of course, we've seen Thor in Infinity War and in Endgame. So, and then Taika went on to direct and write uh, Jojo Rabbit, 
which actually won him his first Academy Award for Best, uh, I believe, Adapted Screenplay. So, yeah. I uh, I can't wait. Like, this probably will be the best Thor movie, just by looking at it. Um, and that's with, like, so much going on around him. Like, I, I think you even saw in the, in the teaser, I don't expect, like, I don't know, the Guardians to be in this movie all that much. Maybe for, like, maybe the first opening sequence. Because you, you also see the Benatar just leave. And leave Thor. And I don't know if, like, it'll be a situation where, like, they come back and pick him up at the end of the movie. Um, at the moment, he's not expected. I don't believe Chris Hemsworth is expected to be in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, so, I don't know, ultimately, what will come of that. But literally, everything here is exciting. Um, we got our first look at... Um, Jane Foster Thor? Is that what we're going to call her? No. Uh, or the Mighty Thor? Yeah, that's her. The Mighty Thor? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a little glimpse of... Um, what's her name? Uh, Valkyrie, who is the king of Asgard. And then... And probably, like... It was a really quick shot, but like it seems like... Uh, people are fighting over new Asgard on Earth, which is typical. Um, and annoying already. Not that, I mean, I'm not annoyed because it'll be, they'll go into it. It's just like, okay, that's just, yeah, of course we're going to bicker about like new Asgard now. Um, Wait, what have they been saying? In, no, nothing. I just, I am inferring based on what the little like shot that we got, you see Valkyrie in some kind of like meeting. She's wearing formal attire. She's clearly is surrounded by like certain world or geographical leaders and they're all fighting while she's just sitting there. So, oh, okay. My, my, to me, that implies people are going to have issues with new Asgard being on earth, Mm -hmm. which is usually how humans react. So that's as well. We can't have anything nice. So I imagine it's going to be a storyline there. Um, but yeah, there's a lot happening because, you know, basically like Thor gets dropped off by the guardians. He's going off on his own journey with Korg, you know, basically like him finding out who he really is. Um, at the same time, we've got Valkyrie, we've got Lady Thor. At some point, Lady Sif is going to be involved in this movie as well. So it's like, also, there's um the villain and how he factors into any of this. Who knows? Yeah. So I guess Zeus is in there as well, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. So yeah, it's um, it's a lot, but um, I don't know. I kind of, this is like, to me, the only, like... Taika and James Gunn, James Gunn's films are the only movies where I have like no reservations about like they're. I mean, to me, the fact that Taika Waititi and James Gunn are doing Marvel movies, um, this year and the next year, like those are the only ones that I like are slam dunks to me because it's gonna feel like um, old Marvel, you know, mm-hmm. where um. Everything in, uh, that was released was kind of had a little bit of a magic to it. A magic that's kind of like been mostly erased now with some of the later releases. And so, um, yeah, they're kind of like the only, that's sad to say, but I think they're the only movies Marvel has coming up where I can legitimately say I'm excited <laughs> and not really be worried about it. Yeah. Because I kind of know they're going to be great. So, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where we are. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no, just I'm excited. <laughs> All right. 
let's go ahead and get into this episode of Moon Knight. You know, uh, Moon Knight is a show that I have been enjoying uh, a lot more than I would have anticipated. You know, go back and listen to our reviews, but um, much of it has really been so far enjoyable. And then this episode happens, and this is kind of the best episode yet. Um, I really, really, really liked this episode. Um, dare I even say loved it? Uh, there are a lot of aspects that I loved about it. Um, and then obviously a lot of intrigue. There are a couple of twists and turns. I will say what I am, what I am very, um, thankful for this episode is, um, how, uh, we kind of saw a return to a little of the horror elements. Mm. Um, that were, um, that we got a little bit of in the first and second episode, but we got that back in full force and there were moments where it was kind of scary. There was a, shall we say, a presence in the episode that was unsettling. And as uh, Steven pointed out, we got some fresh blood. Yay, guys, we got (laughs) some blood on this show. (laughs) And, um, well, um, they definitely found a use for it. Um, (laughs) And it kind of made it even um, just a bit more unsettling than it would have been just by seeing any normal blood. So there is that. Um, Yeah, I really have to say uh, I'm loving Layla as a character. She's really growing into her own. Um, And and the show is really showing that, you know, she's very capable. Um, And so far to me, um, she's not reduced to this whole like... um, Oh, just as just a love interest, uh, so far anyway. Um, but yeah, I am, and we're kind of seeing a little bit of a love triangle going on happen here with, uh, Mark, Steven, and Layla. And I think it's just as confusing to them as it is to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, because technically speaking, I mean, it's, it, ugh. Mark and Steven share the same body, but they're two different people. And it's kind of weird, but at the same time, it's, um, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, it's really more of a continuation of what's been building up these last two weeks that you and I have been picking up on and that have, uh, basically been all but revealed, um, uh, very beginning, very early off in the episode. Um, again, the performances, Oscar Isaac in particular, Ethan Hawke is great, man. Just honestly, every scene, he just eats up the, the, the scenery. Um, and then there are twists that happened that kind of made me feel like, well, at first I will say in regards to the twist, I was a little bit like, what the fuck is going on? Well, well first of all, I was like, before that even happened, I'm like, did that just happen? And then we go to like, wait, what the fuck is this? And then I'm like, they don't seriously expect me to believe this, do they? Like, I know it is a, it, it is like a, I don't know, a spin on like this whole idea that, um, Mark Spector is mentally ill and everything. Um, then the more it goes on, the more it gets you to think. But then some definitive things happen toward the very end of that sequence that make you think like, well, this is not really what it seems to be also. So what is happening here? Um, so yeah, I, I really am liking this episode. No, I really like the episode. I'm really liking the show. Um, I don't know. 
if episodes five and six can stick that landing, which we have to stress, it's very, very important that they do, because a lot of the other Marvel Disney Plus shows seemingly, for um, a, um, a number of different reasons, don't quite make that mark. So again, keeping our expectations in check. Um, I thought this was pretty great. What do you think? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, uh, I thought this was probably one of the best episodes. Um, just a lot of it, mostly because of um, um, I liked what was happening <laughs> throughout the throughout the episode. Uh, like you said, mm-hmm. the horror aspect of it, they pretty much stepped it up a bit. Um, oh yeah, I really liked uh, what they were facing and everything, and just it. It wasn't like um, a lot of suspense, but it was pretty suspenseful. And actually, I didn't even think about it, but yeah, there was a lot of blood in this episode. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Let's keep it up, please. <laughs> just, uh, I want to see like violence now. <laughs> um, yeah, let's do it. And then, uh, <clears throat> yeah, then then just uh, yeah, like I said, Ethan Hawke uh, for sure stepped it up too in this episode. I really, I really am liking him like a villain. He's just somehow steps ahead of everyone uh-huh uh i'll have one minor complaint about Layla and steven's relationship but we'll get to it um uh but then that twist happens and yeah that was, that one actually got me really interested i'm like oh okay we're doing this now but it was the ending of it that just kind of like oh i'm excited what's gonna happen next yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah and it's like, well, there's only two episodes left. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, a, and that isn't to say that, look, if, if the next two episodes are solid, then sure, you can justify that episode count. I think for me as a fan of like television shows, it kind of gets me a little, a little bit disappointed that I'm at the end of the fourth episode. I'm so excited. But then when I think about like, there are only two episodes left and then this is done. I'm like, hmm. I don't know, man. I'd rather have four episodes left than two, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like eight episode seasons, you know, should be there, but no. Uh, Anyway, there is that. Shall we go ahead and get into the episode as it happened in sequence? We start off this week with um, Layla and Steven in the desert. It is at night, and Conchu uh, has just been imprisoned, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Conchu was in prison. They showed like they put him like in the display, I guess, and you see other little statues um, mm-hmm. being displayed. I think this is someone. I think I heard there was like ten statues, I'm guessing other Egyptian gods. Who knows who? Uh, and then it cuts back to Layla and Stephen still in the desert, uh-huh. and they're trying to run away from this truck that was following them. And uh, I mean it was. Okay. Uh, um, there was, I mean, there was just a lot of open space. I feel like there could have been a lot more danger uh, of it. Sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But still, although I like the way they kind of got away. Uh, Layla being smart, using the flare, tossing it to, I guess, um, dynamite. Uh, but I just, uh, yeah, I think they could have added a little bit more danger or something. Uh, either way, uh, they get away. It was fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't anything uh, special, but uh, I think to me it's pretty funny how, uh, you know, Stephen wakes up and then she's like, what? 
after, after <laughs> she basically just took care of him, which again, what I like about it, it just, it, it shows you Layla is, uh, she can handle herself. It seems like, mm-hmm. uh, which won't be the last time we've seen this episode that she can handle that. Um, surprisingly enough. So there is that. All right. And then after this, um, they are driving toward the location. Mm-hmm. And while this drive is occurring, it's a conversation. Mark is trying to convince Stephen to give him control of the body. Stephen doesn't want to. Clearly, he doesn't like not having control of the body. Um, all the while, he tells Layla that he and Mark had uh, an understanding that once Conchu would leave the body, so would Mark. And then Layla feels like, okay, well, that's great. You're making decisions about me or that affect me without me being concerned about it or being made aware about it. So there's that. Um, yeah, to me, it's also just like on the heels of what happened last week. It just feels like uh, the longer um, Stephen is out and about and, you know, in control and in particularly uh next to Layla the more like he does not want to let go of it cuz he really really is basically already in love with her mm-hmm. um just off the bat there and then um we see them get off the car cuz they've reached a point where they can't really pass through it so they have to go on foot they pass by mountain ranges and what ends up happening is um they stumble upon the campsite where, um, was it Harrow? Harrow and his people were at, but it's kind of empty. There's nobody there. Mm-hmm. And so they walk into it and they try to see what kind of supplies they can acquire uh, to really climb down into the tomb itself. And a couple of really interesting exchanges happen here. Uh, first, we see uh, Mark talk to Stephen Basically, um, he can tell that Stephen's pretty scared about this entire situation and not sure what to do. And again, trying to like talk him into, you know, giving him back control of the body, also saying that he's not alone. Um, and Stephen very much of the case is like, I know I'm not alone. I have Layla. And then off the bat, Mark just catches it and it's like, oh, so what? You're in love with my wife now? <laughs> um, and Stephen just kind of like shrugs it off and walks off. Um, and as Layla, I think, reaches for something, the camera pans away and we see something, um, that obviously is very ominous. And I gotta be honest, as the episode went along, I had forgotten about this. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they actually do, I think, um, cleverly do, uh, pace the reveal of what that blood came from, mm-hmm. um, as the episode goes and as they move from location to location, um, but that was obviously very foreboding. All the while, of course, Layla and Steven are, you know, getting on their equipment or their harness, shall we say, to like get down to the tomb. Um, and uh, as obviously that happens, the two of them have to be kind of close to each other as she puts it on him. And then, yeah, at this point, like the uh, the sparks are flying man like she's like she uh she even says as she realizes to him uh you even smell like him but of course you would so i don't know why that's surprising um and then at that point she just 
and I was surprised because I would, I would think that Steven would be the one to kind of initiate a kiss, not so much Layla. So Layla, and again, that also kind of like, you know, uh, brings credence to what you and I said last week and that Layla herself was feeling some kind of way about Steven. Uh, and she just went for it already. And obviously Steven wants to, but before the kiss can kind of get off the ground, shall we say, he kind of like pumps the brakes on that by like telling her something she didn't already know. And that is Mark. Part of the reason why Mark kept his distance from her was because Conchu was eyeing Layla as a potential uh, successor as uh, his avatar. And at that point, it's like, I think you can also tell it is kind of a strange choice considering the fact that um, it is brought back up later in the episode when Mark and Steven have an interaction about like, so you kissed my wife, but you also told her about why I've been pushing her away. So it's kind of like, hmm. To me, it's like, well, that's why, again, it goes back to this line of thinking that Steven's not really a bad guy. And even while, yes, technically, like, he's falling for somebody else's wife, like, he's still, at the moment, he kind of is showing the reaction that, well, he's getting the reaction that he's wanted. He drops this information, which just, like, stops Layla, and I'm like, wait, what? Why are you telling? And then, of course, like, this, they get into this, like, whole thing about, like, um, honesty was never really Mark's thing, but it is Steven's thing. Um, and then I guess that idea of like her finding his honesty attractive turns him on. I'm sure it did. Um, and then they kiss, um, and, um, they both seem to be pretty into it. Um, so much so that, um, when, uh, and I gotta say, man, I was laughing my ass off when this shit happened. I think you know it as well. Uh, so Layla goes down to the tomb, um, just goes into it, uh, and you can still, you can, it's kind of cute, like, uh, Steven is still just kind of like, <laughs> in the excitement, in the after excitement of this having happened, and um, as he, uh, you know, sees her, like, uh, dropping down to the tomb, and I love, it wasn't too quick, it wasn't too slow, as far as, like, how um, the direction of it was. But all of a sudden, um, <laughs> the the basically what happens is Mark uses uh, Stephen's fist to punch him in the face, <laughs> uh, and I love the delayed reaction of like "oh shit" as he falls back down. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop the episode because I was like, <laughs> "That was funny." Yeah. That was that just like that really caught me off guard. It's like, "Oh fuck!" But hey, that um, you know how. I don't know what it is. Like, I, I, I have a pretty like um, visceral reaction to seeing people knocked out in comedic ways like that. Um, so that was funny to me. So already so much there before we get down to the tomb. Any, uh, any thoughts on all of that? Yeah. Um, so I think it was funny. Mark and Steven's uh, interaction with each other. Mark. It's pretty funny. Um, this is my tiny complaint about their relationship. I think the kiss was just a bit too soon. Um, and you know why? Because this show only has six episodes. 
That's the problem. I mean, I You're like- right. It is too soon for the, because we just it was just last week again. Look, last week was only episode three. Mm-hmm. Now we're at episode four. For a moment like this, yes, the. They did a really good job in the previous three episodes to, at least for you and I, to clearly see there was an attraction between Layla and uh, Steven. Mm-hmm. Did it happen too soon? Of course it did. But how could it not when you're in the fourth episode of only six episodes? That's why I say it's too short. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like this could have been in the final episode. Like, this, this in this episode, you could finally... In the first three episodes it just kind of felt like oh, okay maybe there's something between them like are they gonna yeah. and i thought that we just kind of like talk about it for a bit more and then, right and then this episode i think it should have just been like you know those moments where like they're kind of close to each other you think they're gonna kiss but like they back away and all yeah. that like that's it's mm-hmm. my minor complaint um no i i understand it obviously um I, I I don't know what the end point is for season one uh, involving these three. Um, I, yeah, it, it's complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, in a perfect world, I guess it could have been handled with a lot more um, finesse, obviously. But I guess I will give the caveat that... Um, Layla is still very much like I, I think how she's how um the actress is playing it and how it definitely is intended to be played is she's so very deeply confused about all this. And when you're in situations of closeness like that, like it looks like Mark, it smells like Mark, she really can't help herself in that situation. So it kind of just takes over you um off the bat. Like I think it is far from, and I know you 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 said it was only a minor issue, so it's not like not really a big thing for you all ultimately, but to be clear about it, and I think you would agree with this as well. It is far far away from like the worst like offenders or examples of like kisses that come too soon or out of nowhere. Um, it was gonna happen, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like. I'm trying to think of what, what did that kiss really mean? It meant that those two are attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, there really is no, because there's been no discussion, and it's kind of an awkward one to have, uh, how this is going to work between the three of them. Yeah. Um, And it kind of can't get to that point because this episode has other priorities, it seems to. So, I don't know. Uh, I will say there was some speculation as to whether or not there would be a season two of Moon Knight. I have to think there would be. Um, first of all, I think the show is being really well received. Um, just across the board, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it's so cool about this show that it exists in the MCU, but it's not constantly reminding me that it's in the MCU. Yeah. Honestly, like, I watched this whole episode, and if it weren't for the Marvel logo, I would forget it was part of the MCU. And I think that's an example of like them doing new projects that are in this universe that, yes, connect to it, but don't feel exactly the same. More of this, please. Thank you. Um, but there was some speculation out there because um, Disney Plus, or actually Marvel Studios, submitted um, 
what's it called? Moon Knight and Hawkeye in the limited series category for the Emmy Awards that happened in September. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people think this to mean that, oh, Hawkeye and uh, Moon Knight are limited series. Therefore, they're not going to get a season two like WandaVision did a good season two. I think people really, I don't know, it's situations like this that make me really kind of question the intelligence of people. WandaVision very clearly was never going to have a season two. Like, just watch WandaVision and know what that show is Mm -hmm. really about. Like, that was a one and done. Hawkeye and Moon Knight, on the other hand, very clearly, based on, like, the Hawkeye show and obviously these four episodes, these are characters that can sustain several seasons worth of stories. And are not clearly going to be, like, done Mm -hmm. at the end of it. So... I just wanted to put that out there as to like the trajectory of Moon Knight. Um, so there's that. Anyway, um, where were we? Uh, well, they go down the to the tomb, whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, they just yeah, I think they're walking around and they make they make it to a spot where it um sections off into six t- uh, other halls or tunnels whatever and the way they figured it out uh it was steven who figured it out that like oh if it's sort of in the shape of uh the eye of horse i guess i don't know how exactly he figured it out well but before that um can i just say hmm. um it is so uh fun to see steven just geek out about all this egyptian stuff oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. honestly and i think one of my favorite moments of this entire show has to be well first of all when steven fell into the tomb was that him just being his bumbling self or did like mark push him off the cliff thought mark pushed him off the cliff (laughs) (laughs) because i think that would make the most sense so i was just kind of like in my mind well it could have been one of those two things but um i think it was more that mark was not happy at that moment clearly because you know he just kissed his wife Mm. and um Immediately as, like, Layla is helping him get up, um, what was it, um, what, what did he say exactly that, well, look at you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and of course, like, Steven says it in a way, obviously, this, this comes off, like, so many, like, you know, compliments, and of course, the kiss, and Layla's obviously feeling a little bit away about him. And Layla, uh, like, kind of gushes a little bit, like, oh, how sweet. Yeah. And then she realizes, like, quickly, like, no, she's, <laughs> he's talking she's about looking at me behind her. And I love that moment because it was just kind of like, oh, oh, okay. But still kind of, like, cute because, like, he's just, like, geeking out of all of the stuff and already, like, knows what this means. Mm. And so um, that was that was fun. Yeah. And then, of course, like, he asks about that marking that she made. Um, and Layla kind of like, well, said that was because like, that's kind of what her father would do. And that's how she remembers him. Um, and then they get into the tomb, right? Or not in the tomb, but they get, they explore more along, more into it. And then of course, this is where Steven's like, um, expertise comes into play and how he figured out what that, what was it? A painting, uh, that uh, you were you were talking about, like you know, the eyebrow, the people. Oh, yeah, the yeah. So basically, the eye of Horus it symbolizes uh-huh. like, par- the six senses or something: um, brow, sight, um, t- 
touch. I don't know. I can remember. But then he mentions the tongue and Layla points out, oh, well, the Ahmed's avatar is supposed to be their voice. So yeah, you follow the tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they make it to a room and they could, you know, they're looking around, looking at all the symbols, you know, they're kind of geeking out a bit of the whole Egyptian stuff. And then Steven looks at the table in the middle of the room and he's always just like, oh, that's chunks of meat there. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> uh, and so they're kind of like, you know, they're confused as to why the heck they would do this or something. Uh, at first, I thought maybe they couldn't get through certain places unless they did something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But no, then they hear gunshots and they're kind of confused again because like, what the heck are they like? What could they be? What could they possibly shooting at and all that in this like cavernous tomb mm-hmm. completely enshrined in darkness yeah. i mean at this point you gotta admit it, it's pretty fucking like scary like oh there's fresh blood there's chunks of meat on the table it's pretty gory mm-hmm. you know for marvel standards are concerned so good for them to have included that yeah. um but then remember like and this is like another one of these things that because like Mark, not Mark, but um, Stephen and Layla walk freely. You kind of forget that there's a, a, a kind of a present danger because if you notice, if you can recall, um, before Stephen um, mentions, uh, you know, or whatever it was called, where they realized that it was like um, the tongue meant the voice of Amit or whatever, the avatar, mm-hmm. there was something that you heard off in the distance, right? Before it. And I have to tell you, the sound design uh, was pretty fucking clever. Because mm-hmm. whenever you'd hear it, you know something was close and it wasn't fun. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. That sound. Because you, you hear it the first time and it's like, what the fuck was that? And then it's not really like addressed. Uh-huh. They didn't hear it. I actually didn't hear it in that part. I, that's cool. I'll... So this is right after like they fell, uh, they fell into the tomb, and right before like Stephen uh, realizes that that tongue meant the voice of Armin or the Avatar. It was right in between. Oh. If you go back, you hear it. Oh, I'd love to go back. I bet. <laughs> yeah. So it's there. It's there. Mm-hmm. But then again, you hear that again mm-hmm. after the gunshots, yeah. and they both hide. And then, well, you hear, yes. Uh, they're about to go through the hall, uh, like exiting their room. But then Steve was like, you know, there's a lot of fresh blood here, bones. Let's see if there's another way. And so he climbs. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> like at this point, like <coughs> at this point in the episode and what comes after, it's kind of like a series of like, hell knows. Mm-hmm. At this point, I would be, like, walking out of the tomb. No. <laughs> as soon as you see that blood, uh-uh. I'm leaving. Yeah. This is this is not good. Mm. Um, but, uh, yes. Right. So, they, they try and find another way. Steve does. He climbs to, like, I guess the second floor. He sees uh, another way out. Uh, but at that moment, yeah, then they hear, start hearing the uh, yeah. <laughs> noises again. And so, they start hiding. And then you see some creature carrying something and it's a body puts on the table and he just starts um, gutting the guy, uh, taking away its organs and everything. Uh, And I, 
Yeah, this is where the episode gets like really good. Honestly, <laughs> I really like this whole yeah. sequence. Uh, it's just you know, it, it was a bit suspenseful. Um, I loved the way Layla was trying to get away. I kind of like how she got caught. You know, she just one misstep, and one of the jars that was on the floor, she um, kind of uh, uh, she hit it, fell, and so then now that's that the creature got its attention. And again, the sound design—it's really, really cool. I just love the. You know, it's just like you, and you don't know whether it's like, oh, does he? Because usually, like when whenever a monster catches a human, you get the like a giant yeah. roar and thing. But this one, like, it's just making random noises, so you don't know if it's like. Yeah. It's, and the silences, mm-hmm. the pauses, really kind of also build up the suspense. You also don't get that good of a look as to what this thing is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, is he like part human? Is it a mummy or what? Like, I think at the at the. What we can infer off the bat is clearly this creature, whatever it is, has to be ancient or something. Because, like, it probably was guarding this tomb for, like, centuries. Mm-hmm. I think that much is clear. Um, what the fuck? I don't was, But before that even happens, before, like, he starts moving around uh, to, what's it called? Uh, find out what that noise was. Did you see what he was doing to the guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, he basically, like, split him open and was, like, taking out his organs, right? <laughs> what the fuck? This sh- and I guess he was putting the organs in some kind of jar? Yeah. <coughs> Just. Oh, yeah, okay. That's, that's, because that's perfectly natural, mm-hmm. right? So that was, again, adding in to the creepiness about all of this. And so, um, eventually, of course, um, I think as the creature is about to stumble onto Steven, because he hears something up there, Layla throws one of the jars against the wall, gets attention. Layla runs out there. Um, Steven got his distraction. That way he's going to go off into the tomb. But before he pushes whatever is on that second level, and it hits the creature, and I love the line. Uh, I think he thinks that he killed it. Because like, oh, I squished it. <laughs> <laughs> or something. No, it's unfortunately that's not what happened. You only kind of slowed it down. Mm. But uh, that shit was scary. And then what? Ca- what came after was kind of scarier too. Because then what happens is Layla realizes, oh no, there's kind of this like, um, what's the word? Um, this opening. Um, like there's really n- this chasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a chasm there. And, like, she needs to walk across it to, like, get away from this thing. And so she has to basically, like, walk um, on a ledge, part of which collapses as she's walking there. Mm -hmm. At one point, you see a hand Mm -hmm. stick out of the ledge. And you think to yourself, oh, no. Like, this creature is basically, like, walking on the inside of that structure. Um and you think she sees it and then quickly like gets away from it. And as she uh is able to get to the other side of that chasm, um the camera like I think zooms out just a little bit. And this was a great I am not I'm not sure if it counts as a jump scare, because it's not really a jump cut. But this is actually a pretty effective scare because and like the the music um like builds back up when the creature grabs her and pulls her into the darkness. Mm-hmm. That was pretty great. Yeah, no, I, and I liked when she was uh, on the on the ledge, 
and you get and you see its hand sticking out on an yeah. opening. I really like that because <laughs> I don't know, I guess because I was kind of like, oh my gosh, she got to grab her, she's gonna fall or something. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was like a little cool little scare. And then yeah, like when she got pulled into the darkness, and then she comes out, and then finally she gets out again. It's like okay, it's cool. very it's effective cool. again, yeah. showing <laughs> like the best fight seats on the ones that you don't see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah, so that uh, yeah does, but um, yeah, but again, she, she remarkably held her own against this creature, and eventually she's able to get the upper hand. Um, she got a lot of leeway from those um, what do you call them? Flares? Those SOS, yeah, those flares, exactly. <laughs> and so she lit one up and stuck it in his eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I was kind of like, whoa, that just happened because <laughs> like she basically like. What you see happen is they both like roll off the cliff, mm-hmm. but then no, like she was able to like, push him off and she was just able to barely hang on and then like climbs back up on it. And just finally he's able to get is given the chance to just scream mm. over like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and of course, at that moment, who, who walks in Harrow to deliver some uh, bombshells. A bombshell that clearly, I think, uh, I think for the most part we got right as far as like what is revealed in this moment, right? Yeah, we for the most part. Well, you guessed it <laughs> um, that uh, Mark killed Lila's dad uh, during one of his oh, right uh, trips, I guess. Yeah. And- Although in this, it's not well. From this conversation, it's not really. I think I can um, make all that clear. But later on, it is clearly um, at least what Mark says. Mark was not the one that indirectly, <coughs> mm-hmm. or he's not the one that directly killed Layla's father, mm-hmm. but it was because of Mark's actions that indirectly led to her father's death. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was clearly a building in that moment, and obviously Hera was just using this moment to kind of like cripple the trust between Layla uh, and Mark, mm-hmm. that way like he can go ahead and like push through them and get what he wants. But, um, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty great delivery. And, um, yeah, poor Layla. Yeah. poor. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, I like their conversation again. I just, I like, um, Ethan Hawke's character just being so confident. Like he knows he's a couple steps ahead, uh, and all that. And then, Layla and Mark's interaction later on. Yeah. I I did feel bad for Layla for sure. <laughs> uh so while Layla and Harrow were talking, Stephen, he finds the Amit. He finds the tomb, he finds Amit and everything, and I liked <laughs> this whole thing. Uh he sees his reflection in the water, just water everywhere. He sees his reflection and Mark's talking to him, it's like so you kissed my wife, huh? Nice. Okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we find out that that's uh, the tomb is who is it? Alexander the Great's tomb. Uh, he gets it open, and again they make the connection of like um, he's the avatar. The avatar is Ahmed's voice. So the mummy that's in the tomb, he just unmasks it and puts his hand down its mouth and he's just like oh god i'm so sorry i'm sorry <laughs> uh but yeah yeah, that was gross 
Yeah, they, but he finds Amit, and but then that's when Layla comes in and they have the interaction again. Mark comes out once she mentions if Mark killed uh, her dad and everything, which second time we see like the full transition uh, between or like the full switch between the two, and I really like that he does it. <laughs> so yeah, again they have that conversation, and that's when. Uh, they hear someone coming by, and I, I did you think it was the monsters or did you think it was Harrow? I thought it was the monsters. That it really threw me off mm-hmm. because the the sound that you hear is clearly from the creatures. First of all, because it was never really made clear, I was at least at that point in the episode, I thought there was only one, mm. not several of them. So I guess. Though it would make sense that there would be several of them because mm-hmm. obviously there was a team that Harrow has with him and maybe they were like firing several bullets. So it makes sense. I don't know. Like it's weird, right? Because mm-hmm. were they just like, were they hiding somewhere? Did, were they working with Harrow? Like what's, I don't know. Like, clearly they weren't because they were shooting at him. They were killing some of his men. So yeah, that's kind of what threw me off about that whole entrance but because like you hear the creatures but then Harrow's people walk in and it's like what i thought they were trying to confuse us by like we're not hearing their voices we're hearing like the gun somehow it's making noises i don't know how but (laughs) uh but yeah i did think it was the monsters but no it was Harrow's men um uh when they heard them though mark told layla to get out of here he'll hold them off because i guess they thought it was the monsters too so he's just like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, oh, and then, so... He's chas- he starts telling him, like, oh, just give up, give me Amit and all that. But he's like, nah. Mark says, nah. And I think he killed, like, three guys. And then Harrow shot him. And this is where the big twist is coming on. Um, he shoots him. He's stumbling back. Harrow shoots him again. And then he falls into the water. And... It's somehow the water isn't shallow. It's not deep or anything, but it's somehow like we see under him, and it's supposed to be deep, and the light's fading away and all that. And then we see something else. Uh, <laughs> it's some um, uh, the scene switches, I guess. And for one thing, I kind of like that switch of the four by three aspect ratio, and you can clearly tell that you're seeing something old. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um... I was uh, thrown, well, by a lot of things, clearly, but in that moment, um, man, uh, I was, I mean, Harrow shot him twice, and this is without, obviously, Conchu being in the picture, so it's like, at at that moment, you're thinking, well, how the fuck is he gonna get out of this one? Mm hmm Cause I mean that's basically uh, that's it. Like you dead. Yeah. So what happens is we have a transition. By the way, the score is doing a great job mm. here. I love the score. <coughs> um. And then yeah, we cut to this video of some old movie, and I'm like, okay. 
what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? And then it gets even worse because apparently well, the main character is called Dr. Stephen Grant with the British accent. And then like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Are they doing what I think they're doing? Yeah, I don't I don't like it when episodes do this in shows where it's just like, oh, yeah, the like, thing you've been uh, is going like on in it, your I, life. <laughs> yeah, basically what happens is we, we transition to a part of the episode where it's basically trying really hard to make you think like the whole thing you've been seeing doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. And look, not for nothing, they really went all out with it. Yeah. Like, they really, I think, put so much effort into, like, making you think that way. But I, like you, like, I've seen enough shows to know when I'm being, when, you know, when they're janking my chain, you know? Mm. I know that's ultimately not what's happened here. I also know this is a Disney Plus show. This is a Marvel Studios show. For however adventurous as they may seem, they're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. Where. <laughs> Everything before the fact didn't matter. It kind of like, you know, but a lot of shows do this. Like, you remember in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they did that with the 100th episode where um, Coulson goes down into the into a lower level of the base where uh, the fear dimension is like seeping in. And then they get Mike Peterson and the entire time he's making him think that the last five seasons of the show never happened. It was all in his head. Mm -hmm. Like. Not that that was poorly handled, but just the idea of it kind of like, okay, but really, guys, like, I'm not going to fall for it. Yeah. Like, I know this isn't what's happening mm. here. Not that I don't appreciate the effort, yeah. but just it, it kind of is annoying. Yeah, I mean, it is fun when they kind of point out, it's like, no, like, well, as you're seeing this hospital, you know, you see other things, you know, yeah, the movie main character, Stephen Grant, um, the fishbowl. <laughs> that you see uh, it's supposed to be his fish and all so I, I it's it's always fun when those you see a moon knight action figure you see um his old boss in the museum is a patient there as well mm-hmm. you even see layla in there you see of course arthur harrow as the psychiatrist a painting of like from the first episode location of it there are so many wonderful easter eggs in there and it's yeah it's kind of convincing um but ultimately it all kind of just falls away at the end of it because what happens? Oh, like, yeah. uh, basically, he's talking to Harrow. He's telling him like, "Ah, oh, it's just you know, we need to talk about this. We need to get through this and all that." But he starts running away, and then he goes into a room, and in that room there's a tomb, and it's Stephen in there. He gets out, and they actually like they're actually excited to see each other. I just thought that was pretty funny, and they're kind of like, "Whoa, I'm like, I'm seeing you and all that." I actually need to rewatch the episode because I kind of want to see how different they are in their mannerisms like i don't know i didn't really pay attention much on that uh but yeah definitely rewatch it for that see how it is um but yeah so they say hi to each other they want to get out so they they leave the room go through the hallway and then there's another room though with the tomb and you can see the person trying to get out which again that's another tease of their third personality or another personality um but they make it to the end of the hall. They open the doors, and <laughs> they just see this uh, walking hippo in front of them. And it just says hi. <laughs> then they start freaking out. Which this is the one time where they should have freeze framed when on their screaming. I don't know why they didn't. 
Because I really... Uh, uh, yeah, that would have been fun to see. Yeah, because, right. I mean, if you did yeah. it once, you got to do it again. I feel like they uh-huh. can, like, maybe end the series like that. You know, they're... You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, we saved the day. You know, I got Layla and all that. And then all of a sudden something happens and they start screaming. And then that can be, like, the rule of threes of jokes, you know? Uh, yeah, that's true. So hmm. that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> it really is. But at the same time, again, I love the differences in the in the performance. I love that Mark and Steven have very different screams. I I don't remember. <laughs> Didn't catch they had they had very different screams. Oh, okay. See again I, I no, need to rewatch it just for that. I <laughs> Yeah, no. Um Steven's a lot more high pitched. Mm. Um it kinda reminds me. Do you remember um how um Fitz screamed in Agents of Shield? Mm, no it's kind of high pitched you don't remember that one it's more of a girly scream mm. I'll just put it that way I don't like to use terms like that because yeah. they're not very helpful in other societal uh, standards so but to get the picture across that's kind of what it sounds mm-hmm. like uh, a more feminine I guess you should say yeah. uh, way of screaming um, <laughs> but yeah uh, also props to the production design for the, this episode um, the uh, the tombs looked great mm-hmm. The sarcophagus, or the I guess the tomb of like Alexander the Great, looked amazing. Even this hospital uh, looked great. Um, the costume, by the way, as well. The costume department, I love how we get to see Mark and Stephen at the same time, and you see the differences in their wardrobe. By the way, one of my favorite moments was when um, you know Mark opened up the tomb, and then you saw that Stephen was in there. And that they were, uh, they kind of just like embraced each other mm-hmm. and like so happy to see, even though it's just nice to see them not fighting for a change yeah. and kind of like be happy to see one another. So that was fun. But then as they walked by, are they trying to get out of there? They walked by something else, another like Egyptian like tomb and something in there trying to get out. And I bet you that's the third personality. Mm-hmm. That's the third personality that I uh, was trying to get out there. And I have to imagine that whenever we go back to that scene after Harrow shot them, I'm going to assume it's that third guy, Jacob something. Uh, that's an, that's, that's the, the personality's name, Jacob something. Um, I have to assume he takes control. And I'm, I don't know what, like pushes the bullets out. I don't know. Mm. Even then, I, I, I mean, I don't know obviously what's happening here, but, um, that's gonna play a role, and then that hippo. Well, I I, I guess she's an Egyptian god. Yeah, it's Tawa Tawaret. Uh, I'm not uh-huh. to say exactly, but yeah, that's uh, she's a goddess, mostly used for mm-hmm. um pregnant women. Uh, you know, kind of get their blessing. Uh, not not so much a god blessing, like she helps out pregnant women, basically. Um, yeah. I, again, and this kind of like reminds me of something I skipped at the beginning of the episode, which was we see one of the gods like hold on to the the little, I guess, talisman, not talisman, but like the little statue of Khonshu that they imprisoned him in, and they put him on a wall of other gods that we see that were imprisoned. And I have to think, I wonder what that means, ultimately, that there were so many gods that were imprisoned. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, just, and why they were in prison in the first place, so. That is very interesting. Um, And I think that kind of brings us to the close of this episode, and I'm like, all right, well, 
fuck you for making me wait a whole week for the next installment because I want to see what happens now. Damn it. Anyway, um, great episode. I think this one was my favorite, but you know what? I'm really loving this show. Um, and I really hope the next two episodes deliver. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Actually, uh, one thing. Uh, the goddess that they showed in the end actually i liked her voice because i thought they were gonna go for like hi but now she was like hi <laughs> i know that that was a great yeah <laughs> i love that i can't wait to see her see how she's gonna be yeah <laughs> yeah no um great show great episode anything else uh no that's it well, uh, I guess we're done. I want to thank you all so much for listening to our recap. We're just so excited about what's going to happen next week. And stay tuned under our red spotlight as well as more reviews. We also got, of course, the top 10 show of 2021 and a review pretty soon of Robert Eggers' The Northman um, currently uh, playing in theaters. I forgot to mention, I saw um, everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> oh, did you? Yes. Oh, when, when did you see oh, it? Days ago. Um it sucks, right? Yeah, it's I'm the kidding. worst movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? Oh, I loved it. No, it's really, really good yeah. with the action. I love the relationship between the mom and the daughter and all that. Like, just yeah. the whole thing and everything. And I love, honestly, my favorite character was the husband. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's no, just yeah. so nice. I love it. And Yeah, no. Also, yeah. The, the actor. I love the story that he left Hollywood. Because he was yeah. doing these stereotypical roles. Honestly, how badass is it that he was like, Hollywood isn't good enough for me, basically. <laughs> basically, like he basically yeah. goes, like, Hollywood isn't good enough. And then 20 years later, I can't remember how long, he's just like, okay, I think Hollywood's good enough now. And he gets like the best badass role ever, honestly. Like, what yeah, a great comeback. My, <laughs> the comeback of a lifetime. The comeback of a lifetime. Kihui Kwan, again, most known for his roles in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and the Goonies. Mm-hmm. And then come back to a different era in Hollywood and gives one of the best performances ever. But then again, a lot of the performances in this movie are some of the best performances ever. Mm-hmm. It is a magnificent film. Again, if you haven't seen it, go see it and then check out our review. Um, Peter, by the way, called it immediately one of his favorite movies of all time. <laughs> We throw a lot of praise out there to a lot of different projects, especially these days. But that particularly, that's some special praise right there. So check all of that out here on Red Spotlight. Um, yeah. Anyway, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.